Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Today we're going to read from Second Canto I'm sorry, first canto, second chapter, text 16, which is Shushu Shadadhanasya Vasudeva Kataruchi Syan Mahatseva Yavi Prapunyatirta Nishevanat. So that means uh, for one who wants to hear. Shushu show, one who wants to hear, and who is believing in it, who is trusting in what they hear. So two qualifications here. You have to want to hear. If you're forced to hear uh, by some kind of social pressure or you're a prisoner of war in a, I don't know, Vaishnav camp or something. But So if you're actually, if you're actually, you want to hear, this Bhagavatam, and you believe it, you trust it, then, with those two conditions, Vasudeva Katha Ruchi Syat, there will be a taste for hearing about Vasudeva. If you want to hear and you believe in it, then you will get a taste. The problem in our life right now is we have a taste for a lot of non-spiritual things. That's actually the problem. And uh, that's really the cause of all of our unhappiness. So if we get this taste for Krishna Kata, then uh, we'll have a great life. So, and, so this happens also by Mahatsevaya, by serving great souls, by serving, literally by serving the great, by service to the great. So this is the same qualification Krishna mentions in Bhagavad Gita 434, where he says, by seva. There has to be service. Um, if we, of course, hearing the Bhagavatam is service. However, when we hear the Bhagavatam, this should inspire us to go out and do something uh, to help Prabhupada's mission, because Prabhupada is Mahat, a great soul. So we want to hear about Krishna, because we want to get that taste. We want to become free of our material attachments. So we want to hear it. We have faith. We believe in what we're hearing. And we are prepared, because that's what the Bhagavatam is talking about. The Bhagavatam is talking about service. And so if we believe what we hear, because it said here, Shadadhanasya. If you actually believe what you hear, what you hear is go out and do something practical to help the pure devotees. So, uh, this is actually better than rocket science. So, Vasudeva Kataruchi Syan Mahatsevayavipra, O sages. I'm also speaking to sages because most of you are Vaishnavas, so you're also sages, and uh, Sutta was speaking to the sages in Amisharanya. And also, Punya Tirtani Shevanat, which means, actually, uh, taking advantage of holy places. 
this can mean uh, going to Vrindavan and Mayapur, or it can simply mean uh, going to a place where the Vaishnavas are serving Krishna. It can be a temple, a community. We have what we call Namahata, because wherever the devotees are gathered in a spirit of service to Krishna, that is Punya Tirtha. Tirtha, the word Tirtha, just very briefly, because I know all of you cannot get enough Sanskrit grammar. So the word Tirtha is from the Sanskrit root, which means to cross or to cross over. For example, Prabhupada in his Pranam Mantra, Paschatya Desha Tarine, we bow to Prabhupada who takes us across the, uh, in the sense of taking us from the material platform to the spiritual platform. So crossing, taking someone across in Sanskrit, idiomatically means saving them, salvation. And uh, so from the same root, Tara, you get the Tirtha, which means a place where you cross. The idea is that a saintly person goes to, a, makes a place holy, and then that becomes a crossing. That becomes a crossing where you can, by going to that holy place, you cross from the material platform to the spiritual realm. And we experience that. If we even just we go to a Hare Krishna program, we chant Hare Krishna. If we hear Shastra in the association of devotees, we directly experience that we are in a spiritual atmosphere. So that's what it's talking about here. Punya Tirtha Nishevanat. So, just to very quickly, this verse says, if you want to hear about Krishna, and if you believe what you hear, you trust it, that this is true, then uh, you get a taste for hearing about Krishna, and also this uh, is caused by and also leads to serving great souls and uh, keeping good association. That's really the idea here. Maybe you could explain her a little bit. If she... Well, she's going, she's leaving. There's a uh, citizen here making some noise, but she's leaving. Okay, next. Shinmatang Swakata Krishna Punya Savana Kirtana Hridiyantak Stahya Bhadrani Vidhunauti Suhrit Satam. So, th this verse is very interesting. I mean, th this section of the Bhagavatam, because although we tend to do one verse at a time, it's really a paragraph. This is really. Sutta Goswami is making a case. He's constructing an argument here, or he's making a powerful spiritual point, which covers many verses. So I want to keep this in context. Uh, we, we've done one verse. The verse right before that is that uh, if you do hear about Krishna, you cut the knot of the heart, because we want to do the right thing, we want to surrender to Krishna, but it's like we're tied down. We can't do what we want to do. So that knot has to be cut, and that knot is cut by this remembering Krishna, especially by hearing about him. And so therefore, verse 15 ended with the rhetorical question, ko nukuriyat kataratim, who would not develop this attachment to Krishna Kata when it will give you a perfect life. It will give you the wonderful life that you want. And therefore, the next verse, which we just did, explains how you get there. Here's how you get that taste. Because unless you have a taste for hearing about Krishna, you're not going to do it. We don't do things uh, 
if we don't want to do them and we're not there's no immediate uh painful reaction like we don't jump off buildings because of the immediate reaction but in the case of hearing about krishna as we know because we, you know, everyone has a busy life and there's so many other things there's all these sort of inferior but nonetheless at the moment gratifying material taste family life or even a sannyasi can you know get his little thrill from uh you know everyone praising him or bowing down or you know whatever, Mahaprasadam, donations, acclaim. I'm not saying that most sannyasis are like that. I'm just saying it's available. If someone is in the order of sannyas and is looking for uh, some lower taste, it's there if you're looking for it. Hopefully, sannyasis aren't looking for it. And I think most of them are not. So the next verse says that, okay, you're doing this. You, you heard these verses of the Bhagavatam, you believe them, and you're even listening to this class. So you're actually doing it. You're actually trying to be Krishna conscious. So then what happens? Uh, so this verse says, Shinbatang Swakata Krishna. So listening, so for those who are listening to narrations about him, for those who are listening to narrations about him, Krishna who is Punya Shavana Kirtana. Punya means pious, holy, pure. So Krishna, if you just hear about him or glorify him, you become Punya. That's what this means. Punya Shavana Kirtana. Um, if we just hear about and chant the glories of, let's say, politicians, uh, yeah, you get the opposite result. So, but Krishna, if you just hear about him or chant his glories, you yourself become a holy person. You become a pious person. You become pure. And then Krishna, Hridayantaksta, who is standing in your heart, within you. Hridayanta. Hridi means in the heart. Anta means within. Uh, sta, standing. Krishna is standing within your heart. And surely... Without a doubt, he, he removes uh, what is called here the abhadrani. Bhadra means auspicious, good, and things that are not good, that are not auspicious, are abhadra. And the plural of abhadra is abhadrani. So this is a, a whole lot of bad things in your life. That's what it means, basically. So vidunoti literally means to shake off. It's like there are different ways to clean things. Like you clean your car with water, or if you want to clean a rug, you've got to shake it. And um, so shaking off in Sanskrit also means like purifying, freeing you. And so we've got these impurities inside of us, these attachments to pain or attachments to things that just give us pain. And we can't seem to get rid of them, even as we say in English, you can't shake it off. And so, uh, but Krishna will do it for you. He, it's, it's, it's like this wonderful, spiritual, automatic car wash. You just, uh, you know, it's, imagine yourself, here's the, for the first time anywhere on earth, the car wash analogy for Krishna consciousness, you are hearing it live. Um, you know, it's like when you go to an automatic car wash, you just, put up your windows and you just sit there and you don't do anything. You just sit there 
and the car wash pulls you through and when you come out the other end you have a clean car so in the same way uh, if you just practice if we just practice Krishna consciousness it's like an automatic car wash Krishna is inside within your heart he will clean you you know inside and outside that uh, is that verse Oma Pavitra Pavitro Va Sarvavastanga Topiva Jatsmade Pundari Kaksham Savaya Bhyantaram Suchi, just like in a really good car wash. You see, I'm not letting go of this analogy here. You had a really good car wash, they clean the outside and even go on the inside. You know, they clean everything on the inside. And that's what this verse, which Prabhupada gave us for our for the initiation ceremony, inside and outside. You're actually purified. You're cleansed. Krishna will do this for you. He's in your heart. And the only reason Krishna's in your heart is not just that, you know, he had no other place to live. Krishna is in our heart because he wants to purify it. That's why he's in our heart, because he wants to purify us. He wants to bring us back to Godhead. That's really why he's in our heart. And he will do that. And it all begins if you, if you just uh, hear about him. That's all he's asking. It's like, what a great offer. You just hear about him. So the next verse is, Nashta prayesha bhadreshu. So you see, it's all going in a logical order. Now, okay, Krishna destroyed these inauspicious things in your heart. Now what happens? And so it said, Nashta prayesha bhadreshu. When these bad things in your life, because that's what it is, they're just bad things in your life. Everyone knows, everyone, every one of us could, you know, write down a list of the bad things in our life, things in our life we wish were not there in terms of our own internal states, our emotions, and just everything, external situations. So they are, as Prabhupada describes it, destroyed almost to nil. Destroyed almost to nil. What does that mean? Praya. Praya in Sanskrit uh, is used as a suffix. It means mostly, or even not only, just, it can just be like you can get different forms, prayena, prayat. It's just different forms of this word, either by itself or in a compound. Uh, this word praya means uh, for the most part, like most of it, or mainly, and things like that. Just like in that famous verse, Yagyair Sankirtana Prayair, Yajantihi Sumedha, same word praya, that in this age people become liberated mostly by Sankirtana. We do other things, like occasionally we eat. We're known for that, you know? In Hare, you know, Hare Krishna, we know how to eat. I mean, first of all, because we offer to Krishna and also because we know how to eat. So we do that we perform little sort of these little fire sacrifices for special occasions although those have been expanded into great events in some places which was not Prabhupada's intention but anyway so we do little fire sacrifice we um of course we do service i mean we do all kinds of things in our life for krishna but mostly it's this chanting glorifying krishna together mostly it's glorifying krishna together and even when we serve, for example, let's say we put on a Hare Krishna festival, uh, it, it takes so much work. The festival site has to be set up. There's cooking, there's cleaning, there's purchasing, there's preaching. So that's all Sankirtan. So Sankirtan may mean actually 
devotees getting together with non-devotees also and, and doing kirtan, or as Prabhupada explained in his correspondence with Professor Stahl in 1969, who was a professor at UC Berkeley, kirtan or sankirtan really means just everything you do to glorify Krishna. So if you write a book, if you distribute a book, if you cook prasadam, if you clean the kitchen, everything is being done in the spirit of advancing the Sankirtan movement. So it said here, Nashtaprayeshu Abhadreshu. So getting back to this verse, because as we know, even when you're Krishna conscious, uh, sometimes there, there's an occasional bad habit or slip or something like that. I'm not talking about, you know, systematic material life or as what Prabhupada called the worst offense against the holy name which is sitting on the strength of chanting, thinking that, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Hare Christian devotee, so I can do whatever I want now, and being shameless. Uh, but we're talking about someone who's a sincere devotee, trying to serve, trying to practice, but is not perfect. And in this world, uh, actually, there's always some fault. So even if you're a very good devotee, something, we're not exactly perfect, perfect. And that's what this verse is talking about. So even when it said Krishna cleanses your heart, he, Krishna uh, removes all those impurities, but there's some, you know, it's a material world. Get used to it. So that means even if you're a good devotee, you know, we're not perfect, perfect. So don't be discouraged. Don't think, you know, what's the use? Because basically you are a good devotee. It's just that the nature of the world so, so when those impurities are mostly uh, destroyed by always serving the Bhagavatam, and of course, as Prabhupada explains, that can be the person Bhagavata uh, or the book Bhagavata. So if we regularly hear the Bhagavatam, if we are regularly trying to serve uh, devotees, and of course, the easiest way to do that is simply by the easiest way to do this is by serving Prabhupada's mission. I mean, for us in the modern world, the greatest devotee is Prabhupada. He started a mission. There's a lot of service to do. So if we just serve Prabhupada's mission, some devotees say, well, you know, I don't get along with the local leaders or I don't like the local program. The point is there's always service. I mean, first of all, we live in the digital age. And so no one is limited to one geographic area. And you can always find some bona fide, as we say, remember that nice old word, bona fide? Uh, we can always find some bona fide service. We can always find something to do. We can always find a lot to do. So no one can give us an excuse that, okay, here's this or that ISKCON devotee, and they stepped on my, you know, they, 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 they insulted me or offended me or discouraged me or this or that, or I don't agree with what they're doing. That's inevitable. I mean, if you're looking for people who discourage you or who you feel even bully you or don't understand you or don't encourage you in your service, you've come to the right place. Because <laughs> I, mean, I don't mean to say that most ISKCON devotees are like that. I would say, as far as my experience goes, and I have a lot of experience, relatively speaking, I would say most devotees are really nice people, but as we know, there are the bullies, there are the discouragers, there are the people who exploit or you know, so-called Vedic culture to lord it over other people. They 
you know, if they were out in the world, they might be, I don't know, driving a taxi or something. But in ISKCON, they can actually boss everybody around, you know, because I'm a temple president or I'm a GBC or I'm a sannyasi. Well, GBC is probably, I uh, better not criticize GBC, I'll get in trouble. But, I mean, we I've seen it. There was one, I won't mention names, but I mean, years ago, there was a sannyasi who committed real abuse, like legal abuse. Not sexual abuse, but it was abuse, physical abuse. Uh, and then I guess his offenses kind of drove him away from the devotees, and then he became a bus driver. I know another devotee who was a sannyasi who caused a lot of trouble in ISKCON, and then he left ISKCON and became a truck driver. Now, I'm not bashing truck drivers or bus drivers. I mean, they can be pure devotees. They can be great souls. They can be geniuses. But what I mean to say is that there are people who are in ISKCON who, and, you know, not, I wouldn't say most leaders, I wouldn't say there's thousands of them, but there are people, and I know some of them personally, who exploit or, or, or they preach this false Vedic culture so they can lord it over other people. And if they were outside ISKCON, no one would care a damn what they said. But, you know, in the Hare Krishna movement, they found the one place where they can boss everybody else around, and they do, and they think it's Vedic culture. Sorry, I just had to say that because I think it's true, and I think, I, and I've seen too much of it myself. Again, it's not most devotees, it's not most leaders, but it's way more than there should be in the Hare Krishna movement. So anyway, uh, sorry, little moment of honesty there. So, nasta prayesha bhadreshu. So when these impurities are almost all destroyed by always serving Bhagavata, book or person, then Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naistiki. By the way, we brought the birds in just so you can hear the birds. I'm just kidding. So um, then Naistiki Bhakti manifests uh, and uh, that means pure devotion for the Lord who is Uttama. Actually, if I did bring birds and I would have brought, you know, birds that have better songs than that. So pure devotion for the Lord who is Uttama Shloka, which means that the greatest poetry, the greatest verses are sung about him. The greatest literature is about the Lord. And that devotion, Prabhupada says, be irrevocable. Nice to key. Nishta is Sanskrit. Uh, it means a foundation or a firm standing. Sta means to stand, same as in English. English word is Sanskrit. Sta stands or status. All those words are from Sanskrit. So a ni means within or upon. So like nishta means really firmly standing on something. Like you really, it's like if you're standing somewhere and you really brace yourself or, or you, you lay a foundation that that's really sits very firmly on the ground. And so that's what nishta is, a foundation. And of course it's used in other idiomatic ways. And so from the word nishta, you have the adjective naishtika, which means something that has a very firm foundation. And here the word bhakti is feminine, 
all these Sanskrit words ending in nouns, ending in ti, are feminine, bhakti, shruti, smriti, kriti, and so on. So bhakti or naistiki, bhakti, which has a firm foundation, it's not going to be blown away. Oh, something happened in my life, someone offended me or something went wrong in my life and therefore my devotion is blown away. Uh, no. Of course, we for that we depend on Krishna. It's not that we are so powerful. Uh, we are actually, we can be disturbed as we know in our lives. And so therefore we really depend on Krishna to give us that strength, that foundation. We really depend on Krishna for this. We shouldn't think, yeah, I'm really a good devotee. I'm strong. Bring it on. You know, like uh, those famous ridiculous words spoken by George W. Bush, bring it on. And then they did bring it on and basically made a fool of him. So we should not make fools of ourselves or even lead ourselves into a spiritual disaster by proudly thinking I'm strong in Krishna consciousness. Maya, phew, I mean, I would not get in the octagon with Maya. The octagon, that's where they have these uh, mixed martial arts things. So, so Maya is very powerful. I mean, she's a cosmic power. She is, in fact, the Brahma Sangita says that Chaiva Jesu Bhuvanani Viparti Durga, that uh, Maya is like a shadow of Krishna in, in the sense that when Maya moves, it's really Krishna moving, and she is a pure devotee. It's like just like a shadow, doesn't have independent movement. If there's a shadow of your body, let's say, and you move in a certain way, the shadow is going to move exactly as your body moves. So that's the example it gives. Maya does not have independent power she is serving krishna and carrying out his will and and krishna we know omnipotent and maya is this powerful cosmic force so uh you don't want to think that yeah i can i'm i'm strong maya can't touch me those are the famous last words last words so we should be very afraid of Maya. In fact, Prabhupada said, as long as you have a material body, you should be very afraid of Maya. And that fear which drives us to stay at Krishna's shelter, uh, that will actually keep us safe in Krishna consciousness. Krishna says, Tamiva Sharanangacha, go to the Lord alone for shelter. So, we, I mean, it's, it's insane that we think we can take shelter of our own strength, either material or spiritual. That's madness. Uh, in every sense, we have to take shelter of Krishna. Only Krishna can can protect us physically, emotionally. Uh, in every way, only Krishna can protect us. So, and that's what Naistiki Bhakti is. It's Bhakti which has a firm foundation in that truth that only Krishna can protect us. So, uh, that will be today's class. Um, the birds are stopping, I guess I'll stop too. That's a divine sign. Let me see if there's any questions here. Um, actually, I have reading glasses, which if you're a certain age, I strongly recommend. Sri <laughs> um, Rupa Goswami affirms herein. Oh, it's a quote more. Let's see if there's a question at the end of this. No? Not a question. Um, just checking to see if we are. 
Thank you all for watching, by the way. It'd be, <laughs> be a little discouraging if I did this on Sunday and no one showed up. So, so thank you all for watching, and um, I hope to see you next Sunday. And have a wonderful day and life in Krishna consciousness. Haribo.